The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, episode 120. Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make yourself. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the animated series episode, More Tribbles, More Troubles. And joining me today on the panel is Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Father Corey Stiga couldn't be with us this time, but uh, he'll be back with us next time. Uh, remember to like The Secrets of Star Trek on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. You can retweet us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. And please leave comments and engage with us on social media. We love when you do that. So uh, we're talking about the, the More Troubles, More Tribbles. This is a sequel to the original series episode. More, more Tribbles, More Troubles. Oh, I said something different, didn't I? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so I'll have to play that back and find out what I actually said. This is a sequel to the original series episode, uh, Trouble with Tribbles. That was, and this was, that was written by David Gerald, as this was as well. This was proposed for the live-action series. They were actually going to do this episode if, say, Star Trek had gotten a fourth season. But third-season producer Fred Freiberger hated Trouble with Tribbles, and so he wouldn't allow it in the third season, which I thought is, is funny. He, he thought it was too comedic to Gustavus. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the third season had its issues. So, uh, so the, like I said, written by David Gerald, and he gets a... A sort of cameo in this episode. I don't know if you've heard that. There's a transporter technician at one point who has no lines, yeah. but kind of looks yeah. like David Gerald if you've ever seen him. Oh um, yeah, that guy really stands out too. Yeah, uh, Kirk is like telling him go do this, and he doesn't say anything, but he goes to do it. And it's this is not one of our usual stock characters. Yeah, he looks really different than the other characters. There's something going on with this guy. Right. Right. Speaking of David Gerald, I love to tell the, the, the story, and I, I only get a few chances to mention it because he only written a handful of episodes. Uh -huh. I have a script signed by David Gerald of an unproduced Next Generation episode. Oh, really? So back more than 20 years ago, there was a Hollywood writer strike, as they, they sometimes do, and he was raising money to, you know, to keep himself in you know, Peanuts and Cracker Jack and was selling scripts on, you know, signed mm -hmm. scripts of this episode online. This is before eBay, before, like, this. I think this was on CompuServe, I, I bought this. Uh, and so mm -hmm. I sent him some money, he sent me the script, and I have this signed David Gerald script, which is uh, unproduced. So what's it called? Oh, gosh, they got me now. I have to, I have to dig it out. I'll, I'll dig it out, and I'll, uh, I'll put this online, but, uh, like, I'll put it in the show notes, uh, the, some information about it. But, um... Do you remember what it was about? Um... I'm trying to remember, but it was one of the things that stood out was that it had a because this was the early '80s, it had an AIDS mm -hmm. storyline in it. Oh, I've heard about that one. Yeah, now. yeah. So I'll have to dig it out, and we can talk about it 
maybe in the next next generation episode, which will be next time, I'll bring it up. In the well, we can. I should have thought of it. I only just thought of it just now as we were talking mm-hmm. about it. But sure. But uh, I should have brought that out. So um, the other thing to mention about this episode is is the continuing problem with the animated series, which is the Tribbles are pink, the Klingons are pink, all the things are pink, because the director Hal Sutherland was colorblind, as we've mentioned yep. before. So <laughs> when you watch this or you see pictures online, that's why everything is pink. <laughs> so the episode starts with Kirk's log, and the Enterprise is escorting robot grain ships, so robot ships, as opposed to just remote control or drone ships, is what we would say today. Uh, to Sherman's planet, which is the planet from the original Trouble with Tribbles, right? Yeah. Okay. Right, yes. And I like how they have robot grain ships because we have those on Earth today. Yes. You know, they you don't need a crew for everything. If it's a relatively simple trade route, you can just have it done automatically, whether it's... And we will have more of these in the future, but already we have, like automatic driving trucks to deliver stuff and ships and things like that. So right. this makes sense. We're definitely going to have that if we ever have starships. Yes. And, but here's what I don't like. They're hauling Quinto Triticale. Yes. So Quattro Triticale was the special space wheat from the Trouble with Tribbles. Yes. You know, and Quattro obviously is better. It's like they've got four, four <laughs> lobes or something. Yeah. But now it's you always got to up things in the sequel, so we can't have, oh, Quattro Triticale isn't dramatic enough. We've got to up it to Quinto Triticale now. <laughs> By the time of next gen, it's got to be like Dodeca Quinto Triticale, and the heads yeah, of the weed are falling was, on the ground. <laughs> and it's like, come on, Quattro Triticale would have been perfectly fine. It would have been, because it's never mentioned otherwise. There's no other reason for it. Yeah. And uh, they find a Klingon battlecruiser is chasing a uh, a Federation ship or a small scout ship of Federation origin. That's like obviously built in the Federation. The Enterprise is it needs to beam out the occupant of the ship, um, and it, it takes forever. Like it, like the, in the process of the uh, really yes, <laughs> yeah. They, like in fact, they don't materialize the guy till after all the drama is over. Yeah. So so this is like a you know twenty four minute episode or something yep. it's in and, and we they don't get the guy beamed in until the seven minute mark right so this is a quarter uh, i mean a third of the way through the episode the first entire third of this thing is drama with the klingons and their super chocolate fudgy new weapon <laughs> that isn't going to be as great as they think yes but it is some kind of stasis field that doesn't really freeze time, but does stop them from doing almost anything. It knocks knocks all the weapons and engines yeah. offline, which is what's the important thing. Yeah, but it, it and and it keeps them from integrating the transporter. So they've got this guy they don't know who it is yeah. that doesn't beam in until a third of the way through this. Right. So we have no tribbles involved in the first at all in the first third it's all klingon drama and all we know is that the pilot of the scout ship is accused of ecological sabotage which is very 1970 yes (laughs) that was if you look back in the original now eventually we get this line 
in Deep Space Nine where Worf is talking about triples and he says, They were an ecological menace, a plague to be wiped out. Right. And that's a callback to this episode where, for the first time, we have triples connected within, with ecological disaster. But back in this early 70s when this was done, ecology was a big thing, and that was the language of the time. And this episode is what introduced that, because if you look back in the original Trouble with Tribbles episode, Tribbles are a nuisance, but they're not considered an ecological menace. In fact, the word ecology or ecological does not appear in the script. Mm, interesting. But it does kind of play into that the old idea of we're going to run out of food. Like that, that was a big thing in the 70s is we're overpopulating and there's not enough food and we need to and the environment was going to kill us. And so, yeah, you're right. This is a very 70s sort of plot. Yeah, and I think it's even more than us running out of food because the the Tribbles, if you release them in an environment, they're going to outbreed everything else in that environment. Yeah. They're going to eat all the food they want. They're going to undermine the entire ecosystem. Right. So, yeah, so the Klingons are demanding that Enterprise turn over the pilot of this ship. Kirk says, the first Klingon to step aboard the Enterprise will be the last Klingon. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> the last Klingon uh, to step I'm aboard? Gonna, I'm going <laughs> to kill the first one. Yeah, yeah. so, okay, so it, not literally the last Klingon anywhere, but the last Klingon to step aboard the Enterprise. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of an odd uh, phrasing, but now I think about it, yeah, that makes sense. So Kirk's plan is to use the grain ships to ram the battlecruiser, or to at least appear to, to make, make that they're going to ram the battlecruiser, to force the Klingons to also shoot them with its new weapon, too, thus overloading their engines because the new weapon is a super drain. Not sure why the Klingons don't just blast the grain ships, but that's maybe they don't want to start a war. Maybe that's what he's counting on. Well, uh, no, it also, it, the power drain, according to Spock, is so severe on their ship that they're basically immobilized, too. Okay, so yeah, they, all they can do is shoot more of the new energy weapon. Yeah. So, tactically, the way you would use this, even though this doesn't seem to occur to the characters in the episode, is you would have your stasis ray ship right. that would be immobilizing a Federation ship, and then you'd have other Klingon ships come in for the kill. Okay, yeah. Just like you, you would have the reverse of the tactic that they're trying to use on the Klingon right. ship. Right, right. Yeah, swarm, a swarm tactic. So the Klingons have to go away because they've overloaded their engines, and they manage to beam aboard the pilot ship, and it's Cyrano Jones from Station K-7, who are the original guy with the Tribbles, and we have a brief little dialogue that explains for anyone who didn't see the original episode what's going on, gives them a little synopsis, and Jones claims that now that these are now safe Tribbles because he had them genetically engineered not to reproduce, in which case I ask, then how do they exist? They're like grapes. <laughs> yes, hmm. I guess you, they graft them, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Or I mean, they just clone them. Yeah, I guess. So we're a third of the way into this episode now. Uh -huh. The original Trouble with Tribbles, it was a comedy episode. Right. And it was beloved for that fact. We are a third of the way in. We have not had any comedy. Yes. And so this is just very different in feel and execution from the episode that it's a sequel to. We're going to get a few little like one-liners, like we get a little bit of one here, but mm -hmm. yeah, nothing along those lines. And we're going to see where they do, and they have some like visual comedy yeah. in this, but they un it's it's very thin. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's the comedy is really thin in this, and they undercut it 
by the music they use. Right. Because they had a very limited range of music that they continually recycled through the animated series. And while they do have one comedy stinger, yeah. you know, it's not the wah, 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 but it's it's kind of like that. It's yes. just, this is the moment to tell you this is a comedic moment. This is the music to tell you this is comedy. Right. They can't use it for every single joke they do. <laughs> so they use it. I caught it like once in this episode. Yeah. It may be there more than once, but I caught it once. But what I really noticed is they're using their standard drama music right. under what's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And it it just really makes the comedy in this episode fall flat. I know. It's unfortunate. Like it's, this really could have been a good live-action episode, given a little more time and better direction and you know a little more effort. But yeah. So anyway, Cyrano Jones produces a triple predator for the first time. He calls it a glomer, and mm-hmm. he shows how it works by saying, setting it over a triple. Although they don't show us, the audience, what yeah. it does, because it's kids in Saturday morning cartoon. But McCoy says, well, at least it's neat, <laughs> which I, yeah. I actually thought that was a pretty funny line. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what, what the glomer, it, it's a nice alien design. It does not look yep. like any Earth creature. Yep. It's kind of, it's red. Its main body is spherical, yep. which is kind of makes sense if it's a triple predator, because it's kind of the shape of a triple, except it's got legs, so it can stand over a triple and lower its main body down over the triple to eat it. Right. And it's got a couple of eyes on what look like prehensile eye stalks mm-hmm. and some little horn spikes on yes. its top of its head to show us it's a predator. And it's pretty cool looking. It's a nice little alien creature, and you see how it works. It lowers itself over the triple and opens its mouth and eats the triple in one big gulp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is what it would have to do. Uh, and it, it would have to be hungry. So Jones says he was being chased by the Klingons because he'd been selling tribbles on a Klingon world, which seems like a bad idea because tribbles and it, Klingons hate each other. And he says he didn't know it was a Klingon world. <laughs> right. It's like. Okay, how do you not know that? <laughs> so uh, McCoy uh, examines the triples and confirms that they don't reproduce. They just get bigger. They get fatter, he says. And that can happen with some things that don't reproduce. I had a, a cat once <laughs> that we, uh, you know, neutered. And I mean, not us personally, but took it to the vet and had yep. the vet neuter it. And it got enormous. I mean, and not just fat, but enormous. There was like a hormonal change, and this became the sumo wrestler of cats. Yeah. In fact, one of my friends compared it to like, this is a cat the Flintstones would own. It is is enormous. (laughs) So so, so Kirk says, uh, I'm less concerned with Tribbles, I'm more concerned with the Klingon weapon, but uh, Spock uh, confirms that it leaves the Klingons as helpless as their prey, so it should not be of too much concern. One of the grain ships in the battle was damaged. It, the engines were damaged. So they've transferred all the grain from the damaged grain ship to the Enterprise, and now it's filling all the corridors in, in barrels, in all the cargo holds. And plus, they still need to protect the other grain ship. So uh, with the, those are Chekhov's barrels, shall we say. Yep. I notice Spock says sensors in the same oh, way as that Admiral on Lower Decks. I know. I was going to note, Spock is all over the sensors in this episode. <laughs> now it makes me wonder if that's what they were re- referencing in that episode of Lower Decks. 
I don't know that they were referencing this episode specifically, but people have said since ors yeah. in, in the history of Star Trek. Yeah. So I think that's what they were playing with. Yeah, maybe, or maybe Nimoy specifically, which would, it would be kind of funny. Yeah. So the, uh, the Klingon ship comes back, and in order to prevent Kirk using the same maneuver, they disable the grain ship first, the remaining grain ship. And then come after Enterprise. And this was smart. I like how they pointed, they had Spock point that out, that this is what they're going to do. They're going to come back and they're going to disable the grain ship first. Yes. To keep us from doing what we did before. Yes. And in the course of the battle, the grain in the corridors spills, which, of course, the Tribbles start eating. And I like how they just show us this without telling us Yes. first. I mean, we could have had some line of, Captain, the 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 barrels are broken open and the tribbles are starting to feed and grow larger. And they just showed it to us. Yes. Instead of telling us that, I really like that. And the tribbles start growing, and they keep they have this this running gag at this point where Kirk has to keep shoving a tribble off of his command chair, and each time he does it, it's bigger and bigger, and he has to like grunt with force each time a little more because it's it's fatter and fatter until it's it's an immense tribble. They also have a visual gag with the glomer becoming increasingly unable to fulfill its role as a predator. <laughs> yes. Because it's now the tribbles are larger than it, and it just, it'll like leap on one, but there's no way it can swallow it. <laughs> it's just, too, they're too big. So the Klingons come back, they disable the Enterprise. The Klingons prepare boarding plan B, while the Enterprise starts defense plan B. There's lots of plan Bs, which apparently consists of beaming the Tribbles over to the Klingon ship, which is what they've done before. And this is where we got a big gaping plot hole, because Kirk tells Koloth that he's immobilized his ship just even even more than you've immobilized us. Yeah. By beaming Tribbles on board it? How does that work? I, How yeah. is his ship immobilized? I mean... You ha- so you have to step around the triples and shove them out of the way, but they don't fill every inch of space on the ship. There is a comedy moment where we see an enormous triple like slink past Koloth's captain's chair. Right. How exactly? Okay. Number one, we haven't established site to site transport yet. Yeah. That doesn't come along till next gen. So how did they rapidly shove all of the triples onto the transporter pads on the Enterprise? and then immobilize the Klingon ship with them. Right. I, I assume the way you could try to do that would be to beam them into critical areas and stuff them so full of tribbles that humans couldn't operate in those areas, but they don't establish that that's yeah. what's happening, and it would last for minutes anyway because the Klingons would just shove them out. My guess is that they're trying to go with this idea that the Klingons and Tribbles hate each other. Like The Klingons run away from Tribbles. They're disgusted by them. And so I suppose mm. if you put filled critical areas with Tribbles, the Klingons would recoil, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's totally headcanon. You're right. They don't they don't tell us how they just want to get to the end of the, the, the comedy bit <laughs> and go yeah. with that. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of weird. It 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 turns out that that Cyrano Jones stole the glomer from the Klingons who had genetically engineered it in order to destroy the tri- tri- any tribbles and this that was were an environmental menace on their planet right right and this was their attempt to get it back they just want they just wanted their glomer back but of course being in Klingons well they also wanted Cyrano Jones but they'll take when push comes to shove they'll take the glomer right right and and they need this one. And I like how Kirk pointed out, surely you have more. Yeah. 
And it's like, actually, this is the prototype. Yes. <laughs> Still, it, that you really, I mean, if you can make one, you can make another. Yeah. So it's not that critical, but yeah. okay, this is a kid's show, whatever. Critical failure point. Uh, McCoy reports that now that he's realized that the Tribbles aren't getting bigger, they're actually colonies of Tribbles. So they are reproducing somehow? Yeah, but they're they're staying clumped together. Right. And this is their way, because it's a kid's show, this is their way of being able to shoot the Tribble and have it comedically turn into a shower of millions of Tribbles right. for the end of the episode without the Tribble actually dying. Right. And, and but this also makes next to no sense. Yes. I mean, the tribbles are not like little coral animals that bond together with an exoskeleton to create an overall structure. They are independent things with mouths and and fur all over their skin. And from what we see when they do blast a tribble or medicate it yep. to release the colony, we see little bitty tribbles. And they are perfectly formed, and they all have fur all over their bodies. Yes. So wait, how were they all stitched together then? <laughs> right, yeah. And how did they get food to their individual mouths? This doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And I mean, and, and it, the whole idea that they were, yeah, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. How did McCoy miss the fact that they're reproducing then, you know, and that whole thing? Anyway, yeah, and then and then at the end he says now that we've treated these and we've downregulated their metabolism so that they won't be eating the food like crazy, now they are safe. Yes. Apparently. Kirk goes to uh look up into uh Jeffrey's tube where there's a giant tribble says, "Oh, you missed one bones." And McCoy says, "Oh, no, I I got it." Uh but Kirk, it hasn't and then it, it suddenly falls apart and the shower of tribbles comes down out of a compartment above him and buries Kirk. Because you can't have an episode with Tribbles without having Kirk have a Tribble shower. Yes. Happens every single time, yep. even in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. And then we have the, the departing line and so on and forth. And then the, the, the horns of comedy. And we end the episode. So uh, it, as, a, as an animated episode, it was, it was amusing. It wasn't great. Mm -hmm. there, have been, there have been greater ones. And there will be worse ones. This is kind of... To me, this is kind of a middling animated episode. Yeah. I like that it has tribbles. I really like the glomer. Yes. And as a kid, I when I first saw this back in the seventies, I the glomer was great. Right. And so, I mean, it really—it's not just a—it's not a little pink horn dog. Yes. <laughs> it really looks alien. That's the thing that made animated series so great is they could do things like we've said before that you couldn't do in live action. But watching it as an adult, it's it's kind of middling. It's yeah. got it, it's played wrong. Right. This should have been a comedy episode, just like the original, with some drama, but they went way too far towards emphasizing the drama and not nearly enough comedy. Yeah. The, frankly, a better Tribbles episode is the Short Treks uh, episodes, the Trouble with Edward. Yeah, which is played for yes. comedy. And and comes off very well. Yeah. Now, if you want to do an animated, I would be interested to see what Lower Decks they've got, would do. They've got to do it. <laughs> they're yeah. they're, they're going to have to do a Tribbles episode. Yeah, that will be good. I think that about does it for this episode, so let's take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Star Trek, including Ralph E., Angie S., Stephen K., Greg G., and Paul C. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. So what did you think of More Tribbles, More Troubles? Where does it stand in your ranking of Tribbles episodes? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to trek at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the Next Generation episode, Lonely Among Us. Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thanks, Dom, and live long and prosper. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, you've got to admit, if we've got to have tribbles, it's best if all our tribbles are little ones. <laughs> <laughs>